Your Steve Jones Show podcast is loading now. The Steve Jones Show podcast is sponsored by Purdy Insurance. Visit Purdy Insurance on Market Street in Sunbury or visit online at purdyinsurance.com. Sports talk where your voice counts. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motor Studio, here's Steve Jones. Today's show brought to you by Purdy Insurance, Market Street in Sunbury. Go to purdyinsurance.com. Auto home life business. They'll find you exactly the right insurance so you're covered. They'll do everything they can to get you the best price. Sometimes it may be in bundles. But they're always working for you. Customer service means everything. All at Purdy Insurance, Market Street in Sunbury. Go to purdyinsurance.com. We're in the Sunbury Motors studio. Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf and online at sunburymotors.com. Ford Lincoln Kia, Hyundai, great pre-owned inventory, great time to buy, great time to deal. All at Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors, Kia Routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf, and online at sunburymotors.com. Our play-by-play calls of the day. The Nittany Lions make a comeback. Sessom sprints down the floor, far corner. Good job by Myron Jones to get it to Dread. He drives, top of the key, Lundy. Lundy in the lane, jump stop, fires, got it. Penn State leads. Hera, top of the key. Far wing, driving to his right, Dread. Near wing, three, Lundy, got it. Four-point Nittany Lion lead with 32 seconds to play. Can't do it much better than that, Steve. The hottest man in, in Maryland, he's got 30. Ended up with 31. Now, again, those calls, while having a level of excitement, are not like this one, which really bring with it a signature. F-O-U-L-E-D, that spells Falda! Notice the difference between plain and dynamic? <laughs> yes. My good friend, the Duggar, back in gear. I'm loving it. All right. Uh, with that, now we bring in Dave Repson, BTN. Dave, always great to have you with us. Welcome back. Oh, it's my pleasure, Steve. Always fun to be on with you. All right. So what's this uh, week uh, like for you uh, to go through and have all these games one after another like this? It is hectic. I mean, I, I call it our Super Bowl, uh, certainly in these last few years when the Big Ten Network has gotten – the first 10 games now of the tournament, the fact we, we have every single team on our air at least one time, it's really changed the dynamic of it for us. I, I do think it's our biggest week of the year. Uh, I, I, I would gather there are probably some football Saturdays where we, we have more viewers, I would think, in aggregate than, than we do for uh, for the Big Ten tournament, but I'm guessing it's probably pretty close. Uh, but just in terms of the enormity of the event and, and for it to be all ours for those first three days, it's it's really cool. And so it's hectic, you know, kind of getting ready for it and I have a very kind of specific way I prepare. I, I This is the 14th straight year I've done this role, and I probably over-prepare. I'm sure you're the same way. I think most people in our business are, are like that. You just kind of mm-hmm. you, you never know what you're going to need, so you, you prepare way too much. But, um, but man, I look forward to it. 
every year. I wish we were there this year. Uh, we're, we are going to be in studio. Uh, I assume we'll be back next year for the tournament. But but either way, it's just fun. You know, we're on from the moment the pregame show begins until we wrap things up about an hour or so after the games. We're, we're on the entire day covering basketball. We don't take a break uh, on Thursday and Friday. And and so yeah, I'm just I'm fired up to get going and, and have Coach Beeline in the studio with us and. Len Elmore joining us as well. It, it should be a really, really great week. The conference, and I've said this many times on our broadcast, I think the conference has done a brilliant job getting as many games in as they did for everybody. When you look back on all of this, Dave, how phenomenal was it that they're actually getting to this point where they're playing in this tournament, considering what the thought process may have been six months ago? Yeah, I think it's pretty amazing. And, and I know there was some criticism of the Big Ten for – how it handled football it's handled basketball brilliantly yeah and the fact that essentially almost every game got played um that's it's crazy to think that to me uh and and you know they, they play a higher percentage of games in the big 10 than any other power conference league did so kudos to everybody kudos to the the players i think this was really challenging for them as, as you are aware of and all the support staff people and the the coaching staffs as well. Uh, there were a lot of sacrifices made by a lot of people to, to make this happen. And so just thrilled we were able to get as much as we were in. And it's crazy to think we're back here. You know, I've, I've kind of measured this entire pandemic by the Big Ten tournament. We were Me literally too. on the air doing a pregame show. We were 15 minutes into the pregame show. And I got word in my ear from our producer that the tournament was being canceled. And, and we pivoted and, and started doing that show. <laughs> yeah. uh, it was it was one of the craziest days I've ever experienced professionally. We obviously had no idea what was coming. None of us did as a country. It's been incredibly painful and sad to see it, but, but it feels like we're emerging a little bit here, and, and I'm excited to kind of measure time by by being back and, and by having a Big Ten tournament again. Right, man, I feel the same way you do. I feel like that's exactly the measuring stick I've used as well like as a starting point. And now you're right. It sounds like we're turning, turning the corner. Let's see if they continue to do it because that would be great. The next part of it is the quality of play. Last year, the Big Ten was thought to be, and I think you and I both felt the same way, like, wow, uh, look at this on an every-night basis. Did you have the same feeling watching it this year? Well, I think it's better this year. I do, too. Um, I, I would say it, it's a little bit deeper. I, I just think, um, you know, last year there were two really bad teams. I thought Northwestern and Nebraska were just bad teams mm-hmm. last year. Uh, they're better this year, and, and they have shown that neither one of them is great. But, but again, they've shown that they can beat, um, you know, really good teams. Elite, you know, Northwestern has beaten Ohio State. I mean, uh, you know, Nebraska pounded Rutgers. So, I, I, to me, that's where, where it's better. And then I also think the teams at the top are better. You know, I thought last year we had a lot of really, really good teams, but we didn't really have one seeds. Now, this year I think we're going to have two one seeds. I think we're going to have four teams on the top two lines by most bracketologist uh, measurements there. So, that half of the top eight. I just think that's crazy. So, so to me, I think it's better on two measures. I think the, the, the best teams are way better than they were, and I think the worst teams have gotten better too, and, and yeah. to me that makes for a better league. Yeah, it, it, you always measure. I always measure, like, okay, the top's one thing, but what's the bottom like? I mean, are you going to pick up some easy wins along the way? Northwestern won its first three, lost 13 in a row, won its last three. <laughs> Symmetry. Yeah, 
I mean, Penn State <laughs> Penn, Penn State started out 0 5, went 7 and 7 its last 14. I mean, this yeah. is this, and look at what Nebraska's done. This is the bottom of the league. Yeah, yeah. No, I know it's crazy. I mean, Nebraska took Illinois to overtime. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it, it's it is crazy how much better the league is. I, you know, Penn State. I mean, you you got to call the game yesterday. I mean, what an amazing comeback. And and I think one of the things that's been really cool, and we were actually talking about this yesterday in studio in the context of the Northwestern Nebraska game because that was a game we had on our air. But it certainly applies to to Penn State as well, is even the teams that don't really have a shot here, none of them have given up. And and the coaching staffs, I think, have done an amazing job. I mean, I realize Minnesota's playing poorly, but to me, that's a function of they lost two of their three best players, and I, they're not that deep to begin with. And I guess I just challenge you to find teams that are middle of the pack, the bottom middle of a power conference that can lose two of their three best players and not miss a beat. Um, so I, I don't think that's a function of guys giving up or anything like that. Uh, but but I think that's what's been really cool about it is is it, it just feels like, especially with everything everyone's been through, like in football, there were just some teams that I think were ready to be done yeah. at the end of the Big Ten season. They they just were they were they were done, and I for whatever reason I just don't think that's been the case in basketball. Everyone's kind of like, hey, we'll keep playing until they tell us we can't play anymore, and and I think that's that's really been something. And again, it's it's a testament to all of those kids and and everyone who's made the sacrifices they've made. You talk about playing without big-time players. Illinois had to play a couple of games without Io DeSumo. What did you learn about that team, Dave, in watching them play without him? They're so good, Steve. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I guess that was the biggest thing that I learned. I, I mean, to go into Michigan and not just beat Michigan, but beat them by 23 points without arguably the national player of the year. Now, I don't think he's going to get it. But you could make an argument for him to get it. And so, to me, that is arguably the National Player of the Year. I, it was the, I, I don't know if you saw this, but it was the largest margin of defeat at home for a top two team in the last 25 years yep. in college basketball. You have to go back to Villanova in 95 going into UConn and beating them to find a, a, a larger margin of defeat. So, it, really remarkable how well they played in that game. But again, I mean, you know, they beat Wisconsin in that stretch without him as well. And Wisconsin's certainly a really good team. And I think what we learned is Curbelo's really good, man. Yeah. Like, he has just, he has been willing, and a lot, not a lot of freshmen are willing to do this, but has said, hey, I'll, I'll play fourth fiddle. I'm okay with that. I understand where I stand. And, and you learn how good Trent Frazier is again. Yeah. Uh, you, you know, Trent Frazier was their best player a few years ago. Yep. And, and again said, I get it. I'm, I'm willing to take a backseat to these other guys because that makes us better as a team. Uh, I think DeMonte Williams, that shot he hit against Ohio State now, now Iowa was better or was back in that game. So, you know, you asked me about them without Iowa. But, but that moment with DeMonte Williams, mm -hmm. like that encapsulates what makes Illinois so great. I mean, here is a guy who's hit 33 pointers now this year, who's shooting 55% from three. He had hit 35 threes his entire career coming yeah. into this year. You didn't need to guard him until the very end of last year. You could just not guard him. Mm -hmm. He didn't do anything offensively. And, and he's become a really good player for them that when he needs to hit a big shot can hit it. So, I mean, look, I think they're fabulous. I think Kofi is a ridiculous matchup for people. <laughs> and one of the things I'd say here, Steve, and, and 
you know, it'll be interesting to see what happens. And, and, and maybe I, I, I readily admit that I see the world through Big Ten colored glasses. And, that you know, that's my job, and I get it. I watch college basketball. I watch everyone who's good. But I see it through the Big Ten lens. But I'll say this, man. Like, you go down the list of, you know, Hunter Dickinson, Kofi Coburn, Luca Garza, Travion Williams, EJ Liddell. <laughs> um, you know, like, go on and on and on with the big men in this league. Miles Johnson, yeah. you know, I, I mean, you can just go, go trace Jackson Davis, Liam Robbins when he's healthy. Yeah. I just don't think many teams in the country see big guys like this. And I think it's going to give the Big Ten a huge advantage in the tournament, particularly in some of these one-day turnarounds where, like, okay, now everyone knows. Like, everyone in the Big Ten has a plan for dealing with Luca Garza. Now, it's not necessarily a successful plan. (laughs) (laughs) But they have a plan. Like, they know, okay, guys, it's Luca, and here's what we're going to do. And... (laughs) But, like, does everyone else have a plan for dealing with him? Yeah. You know, when he's got a piece of cotton shoved up his nose because he's got a nosebleed, but he's still dropping threes on you and he's yeah. breathing heavily on your big man who hasn't seen anything like him all year. And, again, you can say that about Kofi, and you can say that about so many. Like, John Hara, like, who's got a plan for dealing with that guy who's yeah. going to go relentlessly after every offensive board? I, I mean, I just think this league is different, man, and I hope this is the year where we really see in, in the NCAA tournament just how different it is. Right, and uh, it, it, that's the great sports philosopher, Mike Tyson. Everyone has a plan until you get hit. <laughs> yes, yes. I, I almost cited that, yeah. But that's what it is, right? Like, everyone's got a plan for Luca until you're actually up against him. And he's throwing four different post moves at you yeah. and then taking you out to 22 feet and, and drilling three straight threes in your face. Oh, and by, yeah. the, way, and by the way, Williams... I mean, it used to be that it was his guy that would double Kofi. Now, what do you do, right? Yeah. Now he hits a couple yeah. threes. You can't double. You can't take your guy off him anymore. It's yep. It's yep. it's incredible. What have you thought about Michigan? I know down the stretch, obviously Illinois got him. Then yesterday, Michigan State got. Him. In fact, I, I'll change gears for one second. Michigan State, I think, is in. I I, heard, I watched the show last night when you were uh, the game was over. I agree with you. Michigan State's in. What kind of credit does Tom Izzo get for understanding what his team is and playing to that style? Well, yeah. I mean, they certainly changed the way that they played yep. <laughs> down the stretch. No they doubt. were very, very physical. Yep. Um, you know, I think it's a, a real shame what happened to Io, and, and I don't want to in any way overlook that. I don't think it was intentional. I agree. But, again, it was a, it was a byproduct of how hard they were playing and, and like, hey, we're going to go in there. And we're gonna we're gonna give a ton of fouls, and and we're gonna make them earn at the line, and and all that stuff. So, uh, but yeah, I mean, you know, that stat we dropped on the show yesterday, I think, is remarkable. I mean, they're the first team to beat three AP top five teams in a span of less than two weeks. Yeah, since Miles Simon and, and Mike Bibby and those guys at Arizona made a run to the national championship mm-hmm. in 1997. I mean, you come down the stretch and you beat Illinois, Ohio State, and Michigan, like you're in, man. Like I don't mm-hmm. care what anyone says. Yeah. Find me a team with a, a bubble resume better than that. So, so we all agree on that. Look, Tom's great. I mean, there's there's a reason that that it's January, February, Izzo. I mean, there's a reason that this is his time of the year. The guy is just he knows the buttons to push, and you don't make 23 straight NCAA tournaments, which I think he's going to by accident. Right. Now, I think he's got some pretty good guys, and and like let's give credit to Aaron Henry. 
who's been fabulous here down the stretch. How about Joshua Langford, who missed nearly two years with injuries to hit that uh, really important three yesterday against Michigan. When that game, all of a sudden there was some game pressure on them. So, yeah, I I mean, I give Tom a ton of credit, but I give this guy's credit too for for, it would have been really easy to just say, hey, man, it's not our year, but, but they didn't do that. And the, uh, the other part, again, so one thing in terms of voting for this, kind of wish they had a comeback player of the year award. Like the guy that's come back, Lankford, would be uh, a phenomenal mm. choice, obviously. Uh, Great story. Yeah, it is. Uh, and finally, Michigan. Uh, Michigan's lost a couple. We talked about the Illinois game. Yesterday, obviously, the stakes were big, but they lost Brooks during the course of the game. What kind of glue is Brooks for Michigan moving forward because Dickinson against some of these big guys has been terrific at times and then the last couple of times he's looked like he's a younger guy. He has. I mean Kofi Coburn really dominated him, I thought, in that game. And you know, he's one of eight from the field. Uh, again, you're not gonna see, okay, well the strategy against Dickinson is to put your seven foot tall, two hundred and eighty pound guy against <laughs> you. Like, not everyone has a not everyone has a Kofi Coburn that they can just roll out there. Now right, we've got the solution to slowing down Hunter Dickinson. Yeah. Uh but but yeah, I mean Eli Brooks is he is a glue guy. He's a really good defender. Yes. You know, the Michigan people will tell you they they think he might be the best on ball defender in the Big Ten, whether or not he he wins Big Ten Defensive Player of the Year. Fr- frankly, I don't think he's going to. Uh, but but I understand the argument that you could make for him to win it. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's really good. He's he's in that elite group of guys who who makes life miserable for whoever he is guarding. So yeah, I think it's significant. I mean, you know, they played without him against Minnesota and lost that game. Yes. They got blown out without him against Minnesota. So. I don't think it's insignificant. I'm hopeful. You know, Wieskamp got hurt, too, yesterday. It was a brutal day. I mean, Wieskamp is, you know, I mean, I think you can make an argument. I don't think he'll make first-team all-conference. But, again, I think you could make an argument for him to make first-team all-conference. I I agree. He's a a pro, Steve. He is a surefire pro. I've said that to many people. He's the pro on that team. Yep. He is really, really good, man. So, I'm I'm keeping my fingers crossed. I, I don't think the stakes are particularly large for either of those teams in the Big Ten tournament. Not to minimize the Big Ten tournament because right. it is my goal to maximize the Big Ten tournament. <laughs> but but I think Michigan's a one seed and a guy was a two seed in unless they were to maybe win the whole thing and then, you know, depending on what happens with some of these other teams, could they play their way on the one line? I, I doubt it, but but maybe. Um so I don't know. I think those become interesting calculations for, for Juwan and for Fran McCaffrey, kind of depending on how healthy those guys are, what you do with them in, in Indy. I will let you get back to your preparation. I will get back to my preparation. <laughs> and and I just can't I – mean, all I know is it, it's some of the most enjoyable 15 minutes to sit down and, and talk, uh, whether it's football, basketball, with you anytime. Oh, thanks, Steve. It, I the feeling is mutual, and it's always a pleasure to be on with you. Thanks for having me. Thanks. That's Dave Revson, BTN. Yeah, my preparation is um, I had to teach class today. When I was done with class, I came back here, and I had the point guard brunch. I had to MC at noon, so I had about an hour and a half. I spent the hour and a half running off Penn State information, then running off Nebraska information, including their last six box scores, 
Then I ran off Wisconsin information. And then I ran off Iowa information. And tonight we'll get to work on doing all of that and make sure that by the time we get to the show tomorrow, uh, we will have whatever prepped, prepped. Hey, and it's all part of the joy of doing this. You may only use 3 to 5% of the material that you, you get, but the 3 to 5% changes every time. You want to make sure you've got everything covered, if need be, during the course of a broadcast. And believe me, to me, the people that, that get out of this get out of it for two reasons. One is they don't like the travel. I love the travel. And the preparation becomes tedious to them. And to me, I, I love it. So we'll come back with more in a moment. Brought to you by Purdy Insurance here on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Taking your calls at 800 795 9565. This is The Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motor Studio, here's Steve Jones. Today's show brought to you by Purdy Insurance. Market Street in Sunbury. Go to purdyinsurance.com. Auto, home, life, business. They'll take care of all your insurance needs. They'll do everything they can to save you money. Could be in bundles. But again, they to them, customer service means everything. Everything. And they'll take care of that policy in you all the way through. It is all at Purdy Insurance Market Street in Sunbury. Go to purdyinsurance.com. We're in the Sunbury Motors studio, Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury, Sunbury Motors, Kia Routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf, and online at sunburymotors.com. Ford Lincoln Kia Hyundai. Great new inventory, the best. Fabulous pre-owned inventory. All at Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury, Sunbury Motors, Kia Routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf, and online at sunburymotors.com. Dot com. All right, a lot going on. Uh, of course, wrestling over the weekend. Uh, Penn State, look, it's the veterans in Iowa. It showed. They won four individual titles, won the team title. Penn State finished second, fielding a mostly freshman lineup. Aaron Brooks won his second consecutive Big Ten championship. Roman Bravo Young, Big Ten championship. Nick Lee, Carter Storacci, by the way, Big Ten Freshman of the Year, were uh, finalists, and nine out of the ten qualified for the Nationals in St. Louis. We'll see what ten days now means. Ten days can make a big difference. And What was interesting about this Big Ten Championship was the number of guys that faced each other for the first time this season it was rather limited this year. And you're going to find that at Nationals, too. You're going to find people facing each other for the first time this year. So there's a little air of mystery about it because of that. And Bucknell won, beat Lafayette. It's great having Meeks back in the lineup, isn't it? Oh, Talked yeah. About him the other day. 
We talked about that the other day. Nathan will be back on the show tomorrow, but we talked about that the other day. There was that three-game run where he had 86 points in the three games. I mean, that's a lot to miss when he's not around. And they will play Colgate on Wednesday. Colgate has been ranked in the metrics in the top 15 to 25 all season, I think in part because of the margin of victory of some of their games earlier in the year. So Bucknell will play up there on Wednesday. Nathan Davis joins us on the show tomorrow. Dick Girardi joins us on the show tomorrow. Needless to say, a lot going on. Penn State will play Nebraska opening game Wednesday night, 9 o'clock, 8.30 the airtime. Nebraska's playing its best basketball of the season, even though they lost a tough one yesterday at Northwestern. They were down by double digits at one point. The, uh, but Penn State also is going in playing its best basketball. Seven and seven, their last fourteen after an zero and five start. Got off to a good start early. They've already got. They already have. They already have. Um, six wins against the field. But, of course, they're under 500. I mean, Penn State's metrics are great. And this will be probably a wide-open game. I think the, this will be the third meeting between the two. I'm going to guess that the second game, where Penn State won 86-83, in terms of points and flow, will probably be closer uh, to what we may see on Wednesday night. So I would think that that's um, that'd be the closest I think uh, in terms of the, the the flow of it. So that'll be at nine o'clock. We're on beginning at eight thirty, and then um, then what time's the Colgate game on Wednesday? 7 o'clock airtime, 7.30 tip on Eagle 107. What happens if somebody's going to the bucket and gets hit on the play? I mean, do oh, we know? L-E-G, that spells foul. Yeah. I wondered. <laughs> yeah. How about that? All right. Um, something I was talking about earlier, but I wanted to bring it up again. I, I don't know what's going to happen with Greg Gard. I don't know if he's going to be fined for what he said after the game yesterday. Um, that I don't know. Um, because, uh, you, you know, he was talking about the officiating, and he feels that, for example, he didn't think Brad Davison gets a fair shake. Um, and 
he doesn't like. So he sounded off after the game about the hook and hold on Brad Davidson, which, by the way, I'm looking at it as a neutral party. Do I think it's a, a, a hook and hold on Brad Davidson? No, I don't. Now, if you really want to get into the fine print All right. In the fine print, yeah, technically, yeah, but um, do you call it there? In my opinion, no. I think think there's so many times where you're better off not making a call, but that's just my opinion. Um, I understand why, uh, look, but they went to the monitor so often yesterday. They really killed the flow of what was a terrific game. Well, that Iowa and Wisconsin was a terrific game yesterday. But in the last 60 seconds, in the last 60 seconds um, of the game, it took 19 minutes and 10 seconds to play six to play 60 seconds because all the time that was spent at the monitor. And Greg Gard, the coach at Wisconsin, talked about the hook and hold on Brad Davison when when they ran through. I thought it was a foul just on Iowa. People have questions about it. Is the um, mockery that has now been made of the hook and hold or any type of thing, and it and it appears to be have become a Brad Davison rule where it's become, quite frankly, a joke. Um, anytime there's a foul or a question, the opponents are yelling to the, the officials about the monitor, uh, to go to the monitor. I saw the play. If college basketball is headed in this direction, we're, we're in big trouble. Um, I really, it sickens me that we have games decided like this, and this is where it's at. That, that rule was not put in place for that. That was for safety of players. That was for post-play. Those type of things happen on every single possession of the game, specifically in the post. So I think it's really turned into a joke. Uh, I feel bad for Brad Davison. The kid's a great kid, plays his ass off, um, but he continues to get screwed by by this and, and how the officials and, and the league and opponents have com- continued to just call that out and, and spotlight, put a spotlight on that and deaden the ball. And um, it, it's really, it's become sickening, really. Uh, it's made a mockery of, of college basketball, specifically in the, in the positions we've been in. All right. So as for Brad Davison, here's Brad Davison's biggest fault as a, as a player that draws the ire of people. Brad Davison notoriously was, was, not not anymore, but was a flopper. Oh, oh, it's like and drawing into hey, he drew another charge. And like you're looking at him like he, the guy didn't touch him. And he flies back as if he got thrown by somebody. And that's where he's caught a lot of flack because he's created it himself. And the officials would not call flopping. And that was a big part of it. Um but in terms of the, the hook and hold, Greg Gard is not incorrect. That uh, that rule was put in about post play, but even then, no offense. And the hook and hold was put in because Isaac Haas got hurt so badly in the NCAA tournament. It was an NCAA tournament game he got hurt so badly. 
Uh, and that's why they put the hook and hold in. Abdu Timbila was called for a hook and hold against Iowa because he and Garza were both going after a ball that was in the air and their arms were just locked up. Well, both guys landed on their feet. And, you know, they were trying to tip the ball, tip the ball. You know, it was going away from the basket. It wasn't going toward the basket. They both tipped the ball, tipped the ball, and their arms were locked, whatever, right? Or, you know, interlocked. And they called Tim Beale for a hook and hole. And you're looking around saying, what are you talking about? How can you make that call when neither guy went to the floor and they're both just going after tipping it and one's not trying to pull the other back from it? And it was one of those, like, really? Are you kidding me? And... um. And that one, Timbila and Garza was not my definition of a hook and hold. And absolutely, the Davison play yesterday with Murray was not a was not a hook and hold. Uh, they spent too much time yesterday at the monitor. They ruined the game. It got to the point where I'm sitting there, I'm watching, I'm watching, I'm watching, and I watched it all the way through. But there's a point I looked around and said, you know, I got to turn this thing off. Mm, what the heck? You can't, I mean, if you can't figure out in 30 seconds what the deal is, I mean, literally. Now, sometimes you go over the monitor and the monitor's not on, they don't have the right picture. I got that. That part I have. Because you are at the mercy of what the producer sends you, and you're also at the mercy of the technology there. That part I understand completely. But if you can't figure out in 30 seconds, because, I mean, this is your this is your bona fide second look at it. Uh, you can't figure out in 30 seconds what it is. Then, I, then you got to go with the call on the floor. Is too much that there? For the most part, I've seen fewer monitors this year, but not in that game. That game became uh, there was so many monitor reviews that it really uh, took away from the game. You've got to be able to, I mean, to me, you've got to be able to make up your mind. Let's let's be generous, 30 to 45 seconds. You don't see what you want to see in 35, 45 seconds. You're done. Call on the floor. Play ball. Play ball. And I do I think it was a hook and hold? No. Do I think Timbila, the Timbila calling with Garza was hook and hold? No. They were both tipping the ball, tipping the ball, tipping the ball. You're like, going, what the heck? And Dick and I are looking at each other like, you called that? Really? They've got to get away from... Oh, and I, I, in fact, I didn't give you the best one. I didn't give you the best one of the weekend. You'll love this. You will love this. Kid, I'm not going to tell you which game it is, all right? Kid scored a basket and went, and one and got teed for saying it. And the coach of the team, I'm not kidding. This, this is, this is, a, this is you're talking about a conference tournament game. Oh, this is a conference tournament game. 
right? And I know who the official is. Believe me, I know exactly who it is. Okay? The coach went over, he says, when did it become a technical foul to yell and one? He says, he says, when I say it is. What? What Here, a dope. Here, here's one for I'm not gonna say who I'm not gonna say who the player was, what the game was, or the name of the official. I'm not. Alright? I know I know all the parties involved here. And I think the the um he said oh I think I think the coach said saying and one is not a technical foul and the answer was well today it is <laughs> Holy mackerel See if if the if whatever conference you're you're referring to if they get that tape that that official should be gone immediately I can guarantee because I know who the official is that he will not be touched and, this, and college basketball wonders why they have the issues they have today. If you don't hold anybody this, accountable, this, you're this, never going to fix gu- it. I can guarantee you this will be an official that you see prominently next week. Not in the Big Ten. Not a Big Ten official. It's not a Big Ten official, but it'll be a, a an official that you'll see prominently. I mean, meant to say this week. You'll see, you'll see this official this week prominently. And you will see him in the NCAA tournament. The kid yet and one technical foul. F O U L E D. That spells foul. B R E A K. Break on News Radio 1070 WKOK. When it comes to car buying, there's the other guy's way, and then there's the SMC way. The other guys force you into a vehicle you really don't want. The Subway Motors way lets you take the time you need to browse, ask questions, and take the test drive and think on it. For over 100 years, the Mertz family and all their employees have made your experience the most pleasant one you'll ever have. The other guys won't offer you the best price for your trade, no matter how much they say they will. The SMC way is their promise to provide you with the most money the market shows your vehicle is worth. The SMC way is to offer you all applications applicable factory rebates on new vehicles and generous discounts. Looking for a pre-owned vehicle? The SMC Way checks each vehicle in a 200-mile radius to determine the lowest price, then beat it. It's the lowest price promise, just part of the SMC Way. The choice is up to you. The other guy's way or the SMC Way. The SMC Way wins every time. Sunbury Motors Company in the North 4th Street Auto Plaza, Sunbury, and at sunburymotors.com. Selling more cars and satisfying more customers for over 100 years. Sasser to midcourt. That's Mark at the buzzer. It's good! It's good! Tremont Mark at the buzzer! I mean, this is some pass. Mark off balance three. It looks good. Penny Hardaway storming off the court again. It's been called good on the floor. It would have been better if he'd said that that was his hero. That's <laughs> how I look at it. Ah. Uh, is Shikalemi done? They're playing? Uh, they have the semifinals tonight. 
hosting Belfont as the number two seed in the District 4-6 5A semifinals. Tonight, 6.45, airtime, tip-off at 7. We should, you know, we should have had uh, the Chief call into the show to preview the game. <laughs> because I-, I think it's good that on game day that he's allowed to speak once. <laughs> By the way, shout out to the Bucknell volleyball team. Yeah. They defeated American yesterday for the first time in over 20 years. Oh, that's awesome. Congratulations. Way to go, Joe. Way to go. Well, we had a lot going on today. Our thanks to Dave Revson, BTN, Mark Brennan, 24-7 Sports. Tomorrow, Nathan Davis on the show. He'll join us at 335. Dick Girardi on the show tomorrow. Just keep it rolling. All brought to you by Purdy Insurance, Market Street in Sunbury. Go to purdyinsurance.com. Auto Home Life Business, they'll make sure you are insured. And they'll take great care of you. Customer service means everything. Back here in the Sunbury Motor Studio in about an hour, Sandy Barber, Jim Ferry, the guests tonight on the Penn State Coaches Show.